0: Come run, come Come on, come in Today I'm going to tell you some very important stories. This week, as you or your family study Come Follow Me, you'll probably hear or read the stories of when Christ healed the paralytic man and forgave his sins, or when he called his disciple Matthew to follow him, or when he ate dinner with the publicans and it upset the Pharisees. You can re-listen to those stories in my podcast called Story 5. Story 5. Right now, I want to tell you some stories of Christ that you might not have heard yet. First, I want to tell you about something Christ taught about the Sabbath day or Sunday. He told the Pharisees one day that the Sabbath was given as a gift of rest to all of God's children. The Pharisees had very strict rules about what people could and couldn't do on the Sabbath day, including not eating if that meant you had to work for your food. Christ taught them that the Sabbath day was supposed to be a day focused on worshiping God and not a day to worry about whether or not you should or shouldn't eat something. It's important to take care of ourselves on the Sabbath day as long as we can do so in a way that also honors and worships God. Since Christ helped make the Sabbath day, then he was also called the Lord of the Sabbath. All right. After Christ finished teaching his disciples his Sermon on the Mount, they traveled back to Capernaum. Do you remember that in Jesus' time, the Jewish people were ruled over by Romans? There were Romans called centurions who were officers in the Roman army and they were in command of 50 to 100 Roman soldiers. The Jewish people did not like the Romans one bit, and the Romans knew this. Well, there was a certain Roman centurion who had treated the Jews okay and had built them a synagogue. He had heard about Christ, and he had a servant who was dear to him, who was laying sick with a palsy and about to die in his house. If you remember, the palsy meant that he was paralyzed and couldn't move. Well, the centurion traveled to see Christ and he pleaded with him, Please, I have a very sick servant at my home. Can you help? And Christ said, Yes, I'll come heal him. And the centurion said, Oh no, I am not worthy of your presence in my home. I have the faith that if you just say so, my servant will be healed. I also know what it's like to have the power to say something and have it done, since I can command my soldiers and servants to do the things I want them to do, and they'll do it. When Christ and his disciples heard what the centurion said, they were all amazed. And Christ turned to his disciples and said, Wow, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere else in Israel. I know that a lot of the Israelites think that they are the only people in the world who will be saved since they are direct descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But anyone in the world who has faith like this man, anyone from the east, west, north, or south, no matter if they're a Gentile or a Jew or not, will be saved just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were. And the Israelites who do not have faith like this will be cast into outer darkness and will be so miserable and sad. Jesus then turned to the centurion and said, All right, you can go home, and it will be with your servant as you said you believe. He will be healed. And what Christ said was true. The centurion's servant was healed. It was a miracle. It was very humble of the centurion to ask Christ not to enter his home because in those days the Jews could get in a lot of trouble if they entered a Gentile's house or ate food with a Gentile. So this is just another example of a time when Christ did not even need to be present and he could just speak a word and heal someone. After Christ healed the centurion's servant, he and his disciples and many other followers immediately traveled to a city called Nain. It took them about a day to walk there, and as they were entering the gate to the city, they noticed a funeral procession leaving from the gate. A man had died and was being carried out, and following him was his mother, who was a widow, which meant that her husband had died too. She was so sad that her only son had died, and she walked behind her son's body along with many other people from Nain. They were on their way to bury his body or place it in a sepulcher or tomb. Back in Jesus' time, women whose husbands had died didn't have any way to make money or support themselves, so they would rely on their sons to take care of them and provide for them. Since this woman didn't have a husband, and now her only son had died, she had no one to take care of her. It was a very sad situation. When Christ saw this mourning woman, he felt so much compassion and love in his heart for her that he walked up to her and said, Oh, don't cry. Then he walked to the bed where the son's body was being carried and he touched the bed. And the people carrying the man's body stood still. They were wondering, what in the world is this man doing? Christ then said, young man, I say to you, arise. And immediately the man's spirit entered his body and he became alive again. He sat up and started to speak and Christ helped him to get to his mother. How miraculous! Well, those there who saw this miracle could not believe their eyes, and they said things like, Oh my goodness, Christ is a great prophet, just like Elijah. And, Oh, God has visited his people, the Israelites. Well, the word, of course, was spreading all about Judea and Galilee, and even beyond, that Christ could perform miracles and healings that no one else could. John the Baptist heard of this, And while he was in prison, he sent two of his own followers to Christ to ask him the question, are you the Messiah who should come into the world or should we be looking for someone else to be our savior? Now, you must understand that John the Baptist of course knew that Christ was the savior, but he wanted to give his own disciples and followers the chance to see Christ for who he really was, the savior, the Messiah, the redeemer, the lamb of God. Christ knew this, and so instead of answering John's messengers right away, he healed many sick and blind people in front of them, and then said, "'Go and tell John everything that you have heard and seen me do today, and that I fulfill the prophecy that Isaiah had of me by healing these people and giving the blind their sight. Whoever hears what I have to say and isn't offended or insulted by me will be blessed.'" After John's messengers left, Christ turned to all the people there watching and listening and said, When you guys went out to be taught from John the Baptist, was he a weak man in soft and fancy clothes? No, he was a man so strong in character that he didn't care about anything other than preaching truth and teaching people about me and our Heavenly Father's kingdom. You might think he is just another prophet, but I have to say that he is more than a prophet. He is the greatest prophet to ever have lived on earth. The prophet Joseph Smith taught us three reasons why Christ considered John the Baptist to be one of the greatest prophets. Reason number one was that he he was trusted with the divine mission of preparing the Israelites to accept Christ when he began his ministry. No one else had been entrusted with that mission. Reason number two was that he was trusted with the important mission of baptizing Jesus Christ. No one else was given the privilege and glory to do that. Reason number three was that John the Baptist was the only one at that time who worthily held the keys of the priesthood on the earth. Well, the Pharisees had rejected John the Baptist as a prophet and had chosen not to be baptized by him. They also didn't believe that Christ was the Messiah. Christ spoke to the people there about the Pharisees and said, Hmm, how can I describe their attitude towards both me and John? Let's see. They are like little children playing acting games in the streets. When they pretended to have a wedding, they got upset because John wouldn't dance to the music they played. When they pretended to have a funeral, they got upset because John wouldn't cry with them. You see, John didn't come here to please them or spend time with them, but to focus on preaching truth. And because of this, they say he is possessed with an evil spirit. Well, I am here now eating and drinking and dancing and crying. But they say, whoa, Christ is a greedy man and a drunk and a friend to the sinners and our enemies. Do you think that the Pharisees were wise? Here's another story. There was once a Pharisee named Simon, and he invited Christ to have dinner with him. So Christ went and sat down to eat with him. In those times, the poor, hungry people could enter into the rich people's homes at dinner time to get their leftover food. Well, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and although she wasn't invited to the banquet, she knew that Christ was having dinner with Simon. Even though she wasn't invited, she entered Simon's house and brought with her an alabaster box full of ointment. She went to where Christ was sitting and fell at his feet and began to cry. And her tears fell on Christ's feet and she wiped his feet clean with her hair and kissed his feet and rubbed them with a fancy ointment that she had brought. When Simon saw this woman doing these things to Christ, he thought to himself, Tisk! if Christ was really a prophet, then he would know that this woman who was touching him is a disgraceful sinner, and he wouldn't allow her to touch him. Well, Christ knew what Simon was thinking, and he said, Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon said, Okay, Master, tell me. Christ then began the story. Once upon a time, there was a certain creditor or a person who let people borrow money. And he had two debtors, or two people who borrowed money from him. The first one owed him 500 pence, and the other one owed him 50 pence. When the creditor forgave both of his debtors of all the money they owed him, and told them that they didn't need to pay him back, which debtor do you think loved the creditor more? Simon thought about this question and said, Hmm, I suppose the one who loved the creditor the most was the debtor who owed him the most money. And Christ said, Yep, you're right. Then Christ turned to the woman who had cleaned his feet and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house as an invited guest, and it is customary to wash your guests' feet when they come to eat with you. But you did not wash my feet. This woman did. It is also customary to give your guests kisses when they come to eat with you. And although you didn't kiss me, this woman here hasn't stopped kissing my feet. It is also customary to anoint your guests head with oil. And although you didn't do that for me, this woman anointed my feet with her ointment. Let me tell you something, Simon. This very sinful woman is forgiven of her many sins because she loves me. Those who only love me a little bit will only be forgiven a little bit. Then Christ turned to the woman and said, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. You can leave now in peace. Everyone there at the dinner thought in their minds, Who does this guy think he is? Who can forgive sins except God? Here is now a story about Jesus teaching by the seaside. Once when Jesus was teaching and healing by the Sea of Galilee, a huge group of people came to hear him teach. There were also a lot of people who tried to touch him because they had heard that they could be healed just by touching him. He also spent his time commanding many evil spirits to leave the bodies of those they possessed. And the scribes from Jerusalem said, Oh man, this guy Jesus is possessed by a devil himself. He must be the prince of devils if he can cast out devils. And Jesus called to these scribes and said, Hey, how can Satan command Satan to leave, huh? If one kingdom is divided against itself, and one half fights against the other half, do you think it will be a successful and prosperous kingdom? No, it won't be able to survive. It will fall and fail. What about a household of people who fight with one another? The household will fall. If Satan tries to fight against himself, it just doesn't work. No one can go into the house of a strong man and rob him or destroy his property unless he is stronger than the man in whose house he is trying to ruin. Satan is like the strong man, and I am like the stronger man who can ruin his house and cast out his devils. Now, something that you must know about Jesus is that he loved to teach people by telling them stories. He loved stories so much that he rarely spoke to people in any other way. He just loved going around telling stories or parables. There were so many people on the seashore then waiting to listen to Jesus that he climbed into a boat and rowed it offshore for a little bit so that even more people could hear him teach in parables. I'll tell you about some of the important parables he taught by the seaside in a future week. After he was done teaching, he sent the huge group of people away and asked his disciples to travel with him in the boat to the other side of the sea. A scribe approached him and said, Master, I will follow you wherever you are going. And Jesus said, Hmm, well, I don't really have a home. The foxes sleep in their foxholes and the birds live in their nests, but I don't have a specific place that I rest. You can follow me, but you must know that it will not be comfortable or easy. Another of his disciples came came to him and said, I will follow you, but my father has died and I must go help plan his funeral. But Jesus said, Follow me instead and let other people take care of the funeral plans. You see, following Christ can be very hard and difficult. And sometimes we must make sacrifices in order to follow him. Well, Christ and his disciples left in their ships to travel to the other side of the sea that night a huge storm arose and the wind was howling and the thunder was booming and the waves on the sea were splashing into the boat and Christ's apostles who were fishermen were having a very difficult time keeping the boat steady and calm. Christ was so tired from all his preaching and teaching and healing that he was sound asleep in the back part of the boat. His disciples were getting pretty afraid that they were going to be destroyed by the storm. And so they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're in this huge storm about to perish? Save us. Christ rubbed his sleepy eyes and stood up and said to the sea and the wind, Peace, be still. And immediately the wind stopped howling, and the sea calmed down, and the weather was peaceful. He then turned to his disciples and said, Why are you so afraid? How is it possible that you have no faith? His disciples were astounded that Christ could control the wind and the waves, and they said, What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? They witnessed yet another miracle and proof of Christ's power. Well, when their boat had landed on the other side of the sea, Christ and his disciples were immediately met by a man possessed by many devils. He lived in the tombs by the seaside because the people in the cities there wouldn't allow him to live anywhere near them. He was too strong and crazy to be chained up or clothed, so people stayed as far away from him as they could. He spent all his days wandering the tombs, crying and cutting his own skin. He was miserable. You might be wondering how a person could have an evil spirit inside of his body if his own spirit is already there. Well, do you remember that before this earth was created, we fought in a great war in heaven against Satan and the wicked spirits that followed him? Well, Heavenly Father cast them down to earth to live, and they are here too, but we can't see them. They are all so miserable here because they will never have bodies. So they try to feel what it is like to have a body by sharing bodies with those here on earth. It is quite a miserable thing to be possessed by evil spirits. Well, when the evil spirits inside this man noticed that Christ was there, they recognized him and remembered him from before they were cast down to earth. And they said in a loud voice, Jesus, Son of God, please do not torment us. Christ then said, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? And the spirits answered, saying, My name is Legion, meaning thousands, for we are many. Well, according to the law of Moses, Jews were not allowed to eat pig meat or pork because it was considered unclean. The cities on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus' boats had landed, were full of Gentiles, or people who were not Jews, so there were a lot of pigs by the seaside where Christ and his disciples were. When the legion saw that there were about 2,000 pigs nearby, they asked Christ, Please, if, you, if we have to leave this body, then let us go into the bodies of the pigs over there. And that is exactly what Christ let them do. Once the spirits left the man's bodies, they entered the pig's bodies. And the pigs went crazy and ran down to a cliff on the edge of the sea and jumped off and drowned. Well, the people in charge of taking care of the pigs saw this crazy thing happen. And they ran into the city and told everyone there what had happened. The city people ran to come see for themselves what had happened. And when they saw the man who had been possessed by the devils sitting calmly with clothes finally on, they became very afraid and asked Christ to please get out of there. They were very uncomfortable with the miracle that had just happened. Well, when Christ got back on the ship to leave, the man who had been possessed by the devils asked Christ if he could please follow him. But Jesus said, No, you cannot, but you should go to your friends at home and tell them the great things that I, the Lord, have done for you and that I have had compassion on you. And so the man obeyed Christ and went and told everyone he could about the miracle Christ had performed in his life. Well, that's kind of a crazy story. And don't worry, you cannot be possessed by an evil spirit unless you allow it to enter your body which is an important reason to stay away from dark and evil magic and sorcery. That story is just more proof of the power that Christ has over everything in this world. Well, that's all the story that I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye, little chickens. (laughs)